Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast, the podcast for you leaders with big ambitions to help you reach more in an easier way. So if you have the feeling that the sweat you put in and the results you get out are not in line, then it's probably a good idea to listen and learn. The host of the show is Dennis Fredericks. And we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Ambitious Leader podcast. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, then you know that we have different types of episodes. And today it is one of those chat episodes, meaning that I invite a guest to have an interesting and inspiring conversation with. And today that's not different because today we will have a chat with Veronica. So welcome, Veronica. Hello and thank you very much for having me today. You're welcome. And uh, well, Veronica isn't just a random guest. Uh, Veronica and I, we met a couple of months ago. We had a few interesting conversations and we discovered that our services are very complementary. So the combination between strategic HR, leadership coaching and training It is so complimentary that we even decided to partner up and in the very near future we will join forces in benefit for our clients. But what that is all about, uh, we will come back on that during the conversation because if I explain it already all now, then we don't have any show anymore left. So we're not (laughs) going to do that (laughs) and we will start with you, Veronica, first. Um, So, well... Tell us, who is Veronica and uh, yeah, what are the things that you do? <laughs> okay, so thank you very much. Uh, basically, what I do uh, in Shortcut, as you said, it's uh, human resources and it's human resources on a strategic level. Uh, I'm kind of in the field for approximately 13 years already, probably a bit more. And I offer my service as an external consultant. It is called Chief HR Officer on Demand. And I usually work with either small companies or big corporates, depending what kind of things they are doing and what kind of transformation or change they are currently uh, going on. And um, I do have experience, as I said, with small companies and big companies, but also in terms of the uh, geographical reach. I am uh, mostly focused on Europe or maybe Europe is... The, like my main field of expertise, but I also do offer the service for uh, the companies outside of Europe. And currently, uh, if to be more specific, uh, I work with clients from Australia, Poland, Czech Republic, and uh, the UK. So uh, it's really a kind of worldwide, uh, except the HR topics. Uh, I also sometimes uh, do software testing, but it's HR software testing again. Uh, I cooperate with organizations that are supporting uh, startups and local businesses. This is mostly on uh, uh, on uh, or in the European region. And I also do time to time career coaching for public and uh, a couple of small workshops for public as well that they are related more to soft skills topics. So mm-hmm. this is in general what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. That's a lot of things that you do. <laughs> and uh, well, immediately a question pops up if I hear that you are um, so spread out over different countries. Um, but it's all about people. So mm-hmm. do you see real differences in how businesses work or how people within businesses work, depending on the country that they're from? Mm, this is actually a very interesting question. Thank you very much. Uh, because uh, uh, 
I think there is not really a simple answer for this because uh, obviously, especially for example, in the European region, we have uh, plenty of small, relatively small countries, let's say. Uh, each of them has like different culture, different history, different language, and it kind of uh, affects how people uh, understand things, how people behave, how people are uh, ready to accept some kind of changes, whether they are like uh, um, even political or maybe even the company if we are being more specific. So uh, obviously this is uh, something. And then uh, outside of the euro, we have also a bit of like change of the mindset, uh, depending again on where the person is located, how the person uh, is being affected by their own culture, etc., etc. So uh, yeah, I would say it partly defines the person, but at the same time, we are all human beings and we have the same needs, uh, same expectations. And um, if uh, people are familiar with the Maslow uh, pyramid, uh, if they are not, so maybe they remember there was a meme going on on the internet where there was a pyramid and the bottom part of the pyramid uh, was uh, Wi-Fi. So the one without the Wi-Fi is the Maslow pyramid. <laughs> Basically the pyramid of needs, uh, just to give a general idea, the basic one in terms of like safety, food, physical needs, and it goes up to the top to some kind of uh, a realization of uh, like inner needs or probably some kind of greater purpose, etc., etc. So we all do go through these kind of stages through the pyramid, basically. Mm. And uh, it is also reflected that some of the solutions or some of the thinking is a bit universal to all of the people, but some of the uh, directions, some of the expectations are slightly different depending on the region and also depending on uh, the person itself. Mm. And uh, also, for example, in terms of if I go more of, uh, to uh, strategic human resources and how we are uh, trying to manage people uh, from different cultures and uh, different countries as well so it also depends uh, how uh, how the systems in each country are set so for example in Europe we have like specific um, uh, social security system we have specific uh, educational system we have specific healthcare system this is completely different in the US so of course it's kind of brings another topics and, and another sometimes struggle sometimes ideas to how we are going to manage people and how we are going to um, work with them and uh, work towards uh, whatever you want to achieve. So uh, yes, it is affecting people in short, uh, but again, at the same time, we are all people. So there are common uh, behaviors and common expectations from everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I really like that answer. Um, the yeah, the the big line: we're all human, we're all people. Uh, indeed, it doesn't really matter where we're from, but at the same time, it does matter. And that complexity is something that I like actually. So, <laughs> thank you very much for the answer. <laughs> yeah, I think this is what uh, actually makes the work in human resources so interesting, especially if you're doing it on an international level, because it's definitely challenging, but it's also uh, interesting and. And uh, even for yourself as a person, you can learn a lot and uh, kind of develop as well as a human being uh, just from basically working in the field. So mm. it's being interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and that is already perhaps an answer to my next question, uh, because mm -hmm. I wanted to zoom in more on, uh, well, the work that you are doing, but not on a content base, but much more on the, on the purpose base. Why are you doing the things that you are doing? What is it that you really love about it? Okay, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a qu good question because, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, I started to do uh, human resources uh, or started to work in the field of human resources 
uh, approximately 13 years ago. But uh, to be fair with you, I've never heard about such a field before. I had a completely different idea of what I probably could do or what I want to do. I was uh, just kind of looking for uh, for a job more on the administrative side so I can do it together at the university. <laughs> and it turns out it was neither. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I kind of uh, realized at the time that uh, as an HR person, uh, you can really uh, add something to a company and this is probably something I can do. And uh, I kind of stayed <laughs> for uh, for the uh, for the next uh, uh, next years and uh, developed further. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that uh, originally what attracted me to HR was uh, obviously the need for some kind of job. But why I stayed, uh, the thing is that um, it's been really interesting and also the field of HR is uh, changing rapidly. Maybe it's not that visible for people, depending on the experience they are having with different types of HR professionals. But uh, as any other field, we are also we also have to address some kind of needs that are arising not only from uh, uh, from our companies or from our employees, but also from the changing market, uh, like changing situations. Like for example, now uh, we are I can mention the COVID situation, but it has been also like changing how people work, how they are uh, seeing uh, their own priorities, personal priorities, and it obviously is getting uh, back to the workplaces and how how to approach different kind of programs for people whether it's uh, like work-life balance or maybe personal development education or just simply how to set up the work environments that uh, are are probably were working before but not are not working anymore so there is always something that is going on and um, for example since the uh, 60s to 80s where there where the HR field has been empowered by uh, a lot of progress in soci- sociology and psychology so there has been also a lot of things that uh, have been adapted to our work as well and uh, in terms of for example motivation of employees or these kind of things and also for example technology is affecting how we do our work so you always have to be up to date you know what is going on so uh, you have effective system and effective tools for people to use to make their life easier and make your life easier as well mm-hmm. so uh my point here is that there are like many other fields that are affecting uh, the HR and it's kind of uh, uh, you, the thing that you have to be always up to date. It's kind of uh, like for me, it's interesting because I think I'm a, a bit of an ambitious person. So like learning new things from the different fields and to apply it in my own field, it's definitely uh, something interesting for me. And uh, it also uh, kind of helps me understand also like different things and probably help me currently since I'm uh, doing this chief HR officer on demand service as a freelancer, basically. So it's like my own business as well. Hmm. So uh, there are other aspects as well. I have fortunately gained uh, during uh, during my work uh, as an HR, I can actually uh, reuse later in my own business so mm-hmm. it's the general understanding the fields you have to connect together to uh, make a proper solution and uh, just to see that uh, the things are moving forward basically because mm-hmm. if you are not uh, able to put a working solution together an effective solution together so then you have the company who suffers and you have the employees who suffers then you yourself are suffering in the position so it's very it is very sensitive so it's not just the soft side of uh uh, of the role, but also the hard skills you are supposed to have, or it would be great having, let's say. 
to uh, be like a proper, well-rounded HR and to uh, offer proper support to the companies mm-hmm. you're uh, working with. So yeah, that's uh, for me that this is very attractive because I'm a curious person and uh, like uh, really does multiple fields coming in into one. Basically, this is some this is definitely something for me. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. And for the more entrepreneurial listeners, um, how did you ended up? Because you mentioned it, you're now also an entrepreneur. You have your own business, an HR on demand. Um, how did you ended up being that entrepreneur? Because you were mm-hmm. doing human resources, and then slowly you shifted more to yeah, being on your own. <laughs> yes, this is uh, yeah. This is also interesting a question because uh, I originally uh, didn't thought that it would be possible to uh, for me to do something like this because obviously the role of HR is heavily connected with the organization itself, and being just HR on your own uh, probably sounds like it doesn't really make sense. Uh, but so I was uh, really trying to find a way for me to actually make it work somehow because uh, uh, when I was still employed as uh, in like different companies I was thinking that I can probably already offer the expertise to other companies from different fields etc and uh, I was uh, the original idea was from one IT company from uh, the locality uh, where I'm currently uh, based Uh, and they actually asked me if I would be able to probably give them uh, like a second eye and have a look at their processes, how it is working. So this was the original idea for me that I can actually offer it to other companies, not just to my employer, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it kind of started. I also started to speak on the conferences and probably coming to some kind of workshops where I was, again, sharing my know-how with like different HR people this time around. So I was thinking that uh, maybe it would be possible for me to actually turn it into kind of a business that I will be uh, working for different companies at different times, not just for the one. Because uh, generally, um, if you uh, if you're directing HR, managing HR, there, there is uh, a strategic work and there is also operational work. And from my experience, you're doing uh, like a lot of operational work as well, like uh, probably maybe 70%, 80% or less or more, depending like how high you are in the hierarchy of the company. Uh, but at the same time, the operational work can be done by, uh, let's say, um, a less senior colleague who is still growing in, into the knowledge, into the management position, or just is probably not that interest, interested in, in the strategic part of the human resources. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it would be great if I can actually offer uh, this like strategic part somehow, and then uh, probably train uh, like a future HR manager or just uh, maybe uh, during the period of change of the company where you actually need this Uh, strategic know-how and uh, uh, other knowledge related to it. So if I can just offer this part, um, maybe it will be also interesting for me in terms of like personal development and also like how I grow because uh, offering just this part means that you have to work uh, with the different clients at the same time. Uh, because obviously if you're offering just like 30% of your time, then you still have uh, 70% of your time available you can dedicate to something else. So I thought that it would be great, but to be completely fair, I couldn't kind of uh, think about the way how to do it. And uh, also like if it would be possible and if it would be sustainable at the first place, because mm-hmm. obviously uh, I'm also just a human being living somewhere, having mortgage, uh, having a dog, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously the sustainability is uh, uh, a high priority on my list as well. So 
But then I don't know what happened, but I think I got kind of enlightened, let's say. And uh, I just woke up one day and felt that, yeah, I think I can do it as uh, like a chief agent officer on demand. I've been also inspired by the activities of the innovation centers. Uh, uh, I, I cooperate with uh, who are supporting uh, the small businesses and driving the uh, startups, etc. And I kind of... Uh, thought about it one morning before I went for uh, a consulting activity with one of uh, companies from them actually and I thought it would be actually great and it will probably work and unfortunately I will just knock on the, on the wood uh, because this is kind of a superstition we are having so we're knocking on the wood to uh, just not bring the bad luck to us so uh, yeah, so I was kind of thinking about it and uh, yeah, fortunately it worked. Mm -hmm. uh, I basically started to be independent four years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it works. It works. Fortunately, it works. Yeah, great. Great story. Great story. And <laughs> um, well, you are an independent, so you have clients. Um, <laughs> why should people call you? What, what are the, the typical questions or the typical problems um, that, that people want you to involve in? Or to ask the question with other words, um, if one of our listeners wants to call you, what is the trigger that he, he or she knows from, okay, I'm seeing this, I'm experiencing this, I need to call to Veronica. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically I have uh, like three groups of clients. Uh, I can give you an example. The one is that uh, they are, uh, for example, in times of changes and uh, they have some kind of idea or vision that they would like to do with their human resources or it is necessary to do some kind of work. So it can be probably a transformation period. It can be an acquisition. There is probably a new management team globally some there is something going on so usually this is related with also like strategic hr work when you need to do a lot of planning uh and also uh like actually give some kind of operational goals to the hr teams as well and other people too so uh, this is a good opportunity to use my service because you usually don't need this like strategic person let's say full-time you just need it uh for a period of time, let's say, half year to two years, depending on the change uh, that is currently going on. So uh, this is a good opportunity to probably use my services. Uh, also, there is uh, another group of, uh, of uh, people who probably don't have a uh, uh, like a very good general understanding of the HR, but they think that there is something wrong in the company, but they are not exactly sure why. And just to give uh, one example uh, from uh, one of my recent clients, they actually contacted me because they felt that there is something wrong, maybe with the recruitment. But they are not sure. So, and I think this is also a good time where you probably need an expert to have a look because it turns out that uh, the recruitment was not exactly the problem. It was mostly in terms of um, uh, how we are communicating feedback and setting goals for different positions and different teams. So this was basically the trigger of all of the problems mm -hmm. uh, that were going on in the company. So uh, yeah, but uh, and then there is uh, a third group of people who uh, who are probably mid-sized companies and uh, they have like certain goals they would like to achieve uh, strategically and they just are not exactly sure how to uh, uh, like translate those goals into HR strategy and HR operational goals. 
So basically, these are uh, the three type of uh, clients I usually work with. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of laughing while I'm, uh, while I'm talking about it because uh, I mean, I think a good HR should be able to react to all of that's uh, needs. Uh, if there, if people have just no idea what is going on, so this is exactly when you will like show the expertise and have a look and uh, probably give some other insight on what is going on mm-hmm. in the company. And this is exactly where you can help. Or if uh, you have a specific idea what you would like to achieve, so then yes, this is your job to uh, give tools, to give advices and make sure that everything is smooth, everyone is happy. And uh, obviously everything is compliant, which is extremely important. And uh, on the other hand, if you have a huge uh, global program, you just don't know where to start and how to direct uh, your people and how to communicate it towards your uh, colleagues, whether it's HR or business, then this is also a good uh, thing for the for the HR to step in or for the seniors HR to step in to actually guide people to be able to uh, like process this big change uh, and kind of divide into small parts and again set the goals for uh, anyone who actually needs the goals to have set and uh, keep people uh, who are uh, kind of self-starters and able to do their work and inspire others to do what they do the best so Hmm. yeah this is uh, this is it okay clear well and especially those three groups that you defined in the beginning of your answer i think that's exactly the reason why we found that our services are so complementary um because well for all three we are very aligned um for from our side the happiness factory side the and the leadership coaching especially um well it's, it's completely the same if you are in a change process. Um, well, of course, you need to have the strategy behind it. You need to know where you are going to. Uh, but then, of course, you still need the people who are able to drive that change. And sometimes you have those people, sometimes you don't. <laughs> or some, or people are just <laughs> struggling with it and they, 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 yeah, they, they can drive that change in a certain way. Um, but perhaps they don't know exactly how to do it on, on each of the topics. And that is the, the point where, where coaching can come in. Uh, the same with the thing that you mentioned, that if if you have the feeling that something is wrong and you don't know exactly what it is, well, I see the same thing with my clients. Um, people are just putting in a lot of effort, putting in a lot of sweat, actually doing the best that they can but the result is not really coming out and you don't know exactly why and then you keep running in circles well again that's something where coaching can help you Um, so if we join our forces and if we uh, yeah attack that's perhaps a hard word but (laughs) if we approach that client from both angles then i think the solution can be even stronger because then you from your side veronica uh you are questioning and helping them to define what is the thing that you really want to strive for on a company level as a group as a management team what is that strategy and then if people need to execute it and they are struggling with the implementation of it, that's exactly where coaching and training can come in to support those people even more or even deeper to really be able to do it. 
Yes, precisely. Thank you very much. This, this was a nice approach to what I uh, wanted to say as well, because for me as an um, for HR, it's extremely important to actually have a great partner uh, to help with exactly the change and the transformation in the company, because you can do your best on the communication, on the uh, planning level, on the probably setting up operational goals, etc., etc. But if the, the execution part fails, then that's it. You know, so it's uh, very important. And uh, like for me, and also not probably just for me, but for many people, this is like the crucial step, you know, like all of the planning, if you have the know-how, if you have the right people, you can, you can, you can do it. You can definitely do it. But then uh, each person, as we started at the beginning, we are humans and uh, we are individuals and we have our own beliefs. We have our own culture. We are coming from uh, our own backgrounds, our own uh, daily problems let's say so uh, this uh, like everything is coming to the work environment you know so you are not just yourself but you're having this bubble around you that you're bringing with you to work basically mm-hmm. and uh you may have the best planning but it's still the human factor you can't 100 percent predict i mean you should strive to predict it of course but you can't basically it's almost impossible so there will be always uh some kind of tensions maybe people who see things differently people maybe who doesn't understand why you are doing it of course the best practice to explain but you still can fail on this level so it is very, very important that the execution part is done very good. So mm-hmm. like for me to have a, a partnership like this, where I can actually rely on the person that whatever has been prepared, it's going to have the best possible um probably outcome or the best possible chance to have the best outcome let's say this way so it's uh, like extremely reassuring actually yeah yeah indeed indeed well i i like to summarize it with uh with two quotes actually <laughs> two quotes that i love <laughs> to use and uh the first one is well the the devil is in the details uh, <laughs> yeah. i think it's a very important one and i constantly use it also with my clients uh you you can have the most brilliant plan but then you are doing it and by doing it suddenly you notice from oh <laughs> hmm <laughs> how am i going to do this or hmm we haven't thought about that hmm and and then yeah well then the devil comes out of course and then you should be able to to adapt the plan perhaps or to come back to it and to communicate uh, about it um and and that's i think that's that's pretty natural and and immediately related to change um well change by nature it brings some sort of conflict or at least some sort of Mm. tension because um, we as human beings we don't want to change or at least most of us we don't really want that change but at the same time we know that it's needed so we need to go forward but we don't really want to go forward also between colleagues of course within the same team the one goes perhaps a bit faster than the other one and that's all at stake there and and you have to be able to deal with that and that's very hard to deal with such things purely in a planning phase (laughs) because as you mentioned in the ideal world that never happens And then you still have to do it, of yeah. course. So yeah, yeah, that's right. I think you're right. And in terms of a change, like uh, people generally like the stability, of course, and uh, like the ordinary, let's say, brings the stability or the feeling of the stability. 
uh, but at the same time, when you're bringing any kind of change, so it uh, it threatens the stability at some point. So uh, yeah, some people are not into it. Some people are more into it, depending what kind of change it is, right? And how they are able to align uh, themselves with the change itself. So it's pretty much a difficult topic. And in terms of uh, like planning phase or uh, the one before the rollout, so uh, you can do like fantastic risk management and everything, but still humans, it's like unpredictable. Some of the things are just unpredictable. So you need to work with them on the operational level as they go and uh, ideally with a successful outcome, Mm -hmm. which is not always there, but you would like to give it the best chance. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I also promised the the second quote. (laughs) It's it's almost more like a proverb. And uh, then, then I then I like to say, um, if you are baking fish, then no matter how big your fire is, you still have to change or <laughs> twist them one by one. And <laughs> I think that's also a very nice one, a metaphorical approach to the thing that we're talking about right now. Um, well, you you have your entire company. Everybody needs to follow the change. Everybody needs to mm-hmm. follow the strategy. You want to strive as a company to to reach a certain goal or a set of goals. Um, but in the end, you need to still, you need to take care of every individual as well. Mm-hmm. And then we're also coming back to what we said in the beginning about uh, the, the region, um, that in the end, we're all human but still the region has an impact on what we do i think the same is with uh, with change or with with strategy um, we all are striving for the same goal and still we have to keep into account the individual needs of everybody who is involved mm-hmm. and again yes, that's, that's something true. where that that strategic hr and the uh, leadership coaching can go very hand in hand Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, for example, if you have a strong leadership culture, then you can actually have more people uh, changing the fish or changing the size of the fish. So it's definitely uh, something uh, very empowering to the organization as well. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And now we're, uh, we looked at the subject more from the perspective of strategic HR and how coaching could support it. But also if I look at it from the different angle and if I purely look at it from, from starting from the leadership uh, coaching, then I also see the benefits in it because in many cases I've seen customers where they see that leadership coaching just as a one shot we have mm-hmm. a leader here or a person here. Uh, he's struggling with certain things or he or she wants to develop into a certain area. Let's start a coaching program on this and everything will be fine. But then, of course, in the end, we already know it that everything will not be fine. <laughs> yes, of <laughs> course, that person will develop. Yes, of course, that person will be stronger in his leadership roles. Um, but there's more to it. And there's the, the 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 broader impact that the person can generate and where the company is heading towards. And then again, the coaching and the strategic HR can go perfectly hand in hand, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I have to agree on this point because uh, if you're taking the, uh, for example, the strategic goals in terms of um, 
uh, succession planning, for example. So you obviously have some kind of uh, positions that uh, you would like to keep filled ideally, or if something happens that, you know, the task people should still be in the company at some point. So you definitely would like to grow uh, successors, let's say that's, or this is at least the eight years link, to, uh, uh, to take over if something like this happened, or probably to grow uh, with the company maybe to another role, but with the, a very similar skill set. So if you uh, do this kind of, let's say, strategic workforce planning together with the uh, learning and development, probably, and a part of it is a coaching. So you definitely can work individually uh, with people, with your talents who can actually grow into those positions. And uh, if uh, also like um, uh, the coaching or uh, the persons, the providers who are doing this for you, if it's not your own uh, team, let's say, so uh, you also want them to be aligned with the, let's say, strategic goals because they probably know what you are doing, what are the positions available, uh, what is the general vision of the human resources, what is the leadership culture, etc., etc. And uh, you're um, slowly shaping those new talents, let's say, into uh, into the business leaders, future business leaders. So definitely if it goes uh, strategically hand in hand, so I think it can be very powerful. And not I think, I know it is very powerful <laughs> because I do have experience with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, indeed, indeed. And we, we could tell many stories about it, but I think the best way is to experience it. So uh, just <laughs> yeah, don't definitely. believe us what we are saying. Challenge us and come with your question to us <laughs> and then we will show it how those two uh, fields can go hand in hand and how you as a customer can benefit from it, of course. Um, well, to uh, to proceed with uh, the podcast, because uh, I see we're already running over uh, 30 minutes, um, <laughs> so we should slightly come to an end. Um, I want to ask you two more questions, but more philosophical questions. Um, okay. I'm a big fan of the, the Ajax dilemma. And for the ones who don't know the Ajax dilemma, it's an, an ancient Greek myth or a story um, between two soldiers, two Greek soldiers, Ajax and Odysseus. And Ajax was the, the big soldier, the strong one, the faithful soldier. You ask him something and he will execute it in the best possible way. And you know upfront that it will always be good because he's very well trained. He's very strong. He has the abilities to do everything. And then on the other hand, you have Odysseus, um, who is not that strong. He's a bit cunning, smart, creative, um, but he's constantly cutting the corners. And... <laughs> Then if we bring that story into a, a leadership uh, story, more into a leadership or a company uh, perspective, then you can ask yourself, well, what of those two should I stimulate? Because if I create a company with lots of executors, lots of followers, uh, then it becomes very easy for you as a leader to, yeah, to manage everybody. Because you ask something and they all do it and you know it will be good and it will be fine and to the best of their abilities. But probably the company won't be as innovative. At the other hand, if you go more for the Odysseus profile, uh, then you know that the, the innovation and the new ideals, they will pop up regularly. Um, but perhaps they won't always follow the rules and they won't always do as you have said as a leader. So it becomes more difficult for you as a leader to, to lead those people. So 
mm-hmm. for you, Veronica, from an HR perspective, how would you deal with this dilemma? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is interesting, and it kind of uh, plays into uh, into uh, strategic HR planning. Uh, I'll try to shorten the answer and make it as uh, like simple as possible, just to not take too much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, I think this is um, this comes back to uh, strategic HR planning and also to the uh, think uh, that. Uh, in the company, people are individuals for sure, but uh, at the same time, it is a society, basically. It is a small society of people and they are uh, working together, let's say as a team, as one big team to achieve some kind of goal, let's say. So uh, at this point in time, you should be able to uh, say uh, what kind of need your company is having. And since it's not just the one person, but you need a group of persons to achieve uh, a specific goal. So you definitely, uh, you are definitely seeking for a diverse workforce, most probably. And uh, sometimes it is necessary to have people who are uh, inspiring and uh, bringing new ideas. And at the other times, you really need someone who is uh, dedicated to their field, probably not with much of uh, interest in further growth, but they are like a great uh, perfectionist in whatever they are doing. And you need all of those people to have in place and you need a specific balance. So fortunately uh, for me, uh, I never really have to make a choice for one person, but really to uh, combine everything together so it works as one, uh, uh, as one. So I think if I simplify the answer, so I think the dilemma is pretty much uh, towards uh, the strategic HR planning, how you do the recruitment and how you uh, define who is supposed to be in the team and uh, what is uh, the priority and what is not the priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A nice answer, a nice answer. Uh, it immediately brings me to a, another question, actually. Um Purely from a theoret- theoretical point of view, it's it's easy to say, but in real life, then I'm questioning: How do you determine that? How do you determine the the ideal team? Because of course, your answer I think is completely correct. You you need both profiles, and perhaps it's much more than just two profiles, of course. Uh, but but how do you know how your team mm-hmm. is? Uh, first, you need to determine the need, of course, and then you know what kind of team you would probably need. So uh, what I'm saying is that you should be aware of the situation you are having on hand and you should be aware of uh, where you are heading. And this is kind of an indication of uh, probably the profiles of people uh, you would need to achieve it. So first of all, there is this definition of the needs. And the second step is uh, looking for people and looking for profiles you would be needing to uh, reach your destination, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And do you have some tools that you use to to identify those profiles, or is it more based on a set of skills that you can define mm-hmm. for each team individually, or? This is a good question because I think it depends uh, on the company and on the environment and like picking a specific tool uh, would be probably wrong because uh, uh, 
companies are different. They are having different goals. They are in different phases of uh, their businesses, etc., etc. But I will probably come back to the coaching again. That if you have the space uh, to probably uh, work with uh, someone like that, so that would be uh, one of the tools uh, that can be used. Uh, and again, this is uh, uh, this is one of the reasons uh, why I've been so excited about the partnership and to start the partnership with Happiness Factory because uh, this can be also a part where uh, where uh, the joint services can be useful. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, I fully agree with you, and and I, <laughs> I like your answer that you don't just say or name one tool and you say this is the answer for everything, uh, because <laughs> unfortunately, I think we see that too much in HR that they approach it uh, just yeah one size fits all, and that mm-hmm. the world uh, exists in four colors or in four quadrants, uh, but unfortunately reality is a little bit different and you clearly <laughs> have that uh, that in you that you look at things in a more diverse way so yeah i yeah. really like it <laughs> I, uh, I actually like that you uh, mentioned uh, the reality as a board as well because uh, for example sometimes uh, but it's not just hr but uh, many other fields as well uh, there are trends going on you know but uh, again it's maybe popular it's maybe great but it it's probably not for your company or for yourself, you know. So just think mm-hmm. about it a bit more, see whether it's working or not. So it, it, if it's a trend, it doesn't mean that it's the correct answer for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Or as we say it at the, the Happiness Factory, we say, well, we it's it's your job to do your job. It's our job <laughs> to search for the things that work for you. And I think that's the same <laughs> yeah. in this partnership. Uh, if people start working with us in this partnership, then, well, they have to focus on the core of their company. And it's up to us to search for those tools or methods or approaches that work for them in their context and it's not because it's a trend that it will work for them as well so yeah pretty well yeah. stated <laughs> <laughs> very good well just to finalize everything the last question uh, i think everybody has noticed this during the the interview that you are a very passionate p- person about the things <laughs> that you do and that you are very engaged um, but i also see that people who are very engaged in the things that they do that they also have a very big feeling of responsibility uh, so actually i'm pretty curious to learn what are the things that keep you up at night and <laughs> perhaps we can divide them in three levels so for example what are the things that keep you up at night on a personal level uh, on a business level and more <laughs> on a world scale level <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is a very interesting question because, uh, as I'm now, I don't think anything keeps me up <laughs> during the night because I truly appreciate uh, a great uh, sleep, full eight hours if possible. Uh, the truth is that uh, when I was younger, I've been actually cutting on it, so I was able to like uh, do the consulting, do the job, do the studying, and do everything whatever I wanted. But uh, now I truly realize that there is nothing better than like full night of sleep. You know, you're really refreshed. You can do your job properly. Uh, you know, you probably have more ideas, more energy to deal with uh, the tension as we spoke about. So uh, definitely this is uh, this is the highlight for me. But to take it more metaphorically, uh, uh, it actually depends because, uh, for example, on the professional level, 
Um, usually when uh, there are some kind of emergencies or deadlines, so this is an, uh, that something has to be done because it has a great impact. So obviously I feel the personal responsibility if I'm engaged. So I will definitely work on it until it's done because uh, I don't see that there is other way and I just, I'm just not the person to leave it be and see what happens. So uh, obviously since I would like to uh, offer the professional services and uh, I also would like to inspire people who work with me to actually provide the professional service as well. So obviously I can't be cutting the corners. So this is one thing for sure. And uh, on a personal level, uh, well, there are kind of different things, but again, as I said, I just like the full night of sleep. So on the first level, there would be probably, again, just kind of uh, emergency that you can't do nothing about. But mm -hmm. if it's possible to uh, go with it to really uh, like um, uh, do something else, so definitely I will, I will do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect, perfect. And uh, well, for example, on that third level, the, the world scale level, are there certain things that you say, well, we as, as humans or as mm -hmm. humanity, um, we can clearly do much better than we are doing right now? <laughs> What kind of topics yeah. would that be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, thank you. This is actually very interesting because since I um, uh, since I do HR for such a long time, I actually learned to not be too attached to different kind of topics or probably my super personal opinions because obviously uh, it creates some kind of tension, uh, not, let's say, not in the work environment, but definitely inside yourself. So if you are going like uh, through some kind of, I don't know, disagreement or something, so that's definitely... Uh, something that is going to affect your work and again if you are supposed to work with people and uh, listen to different opinions that you are probably not aligned with or different problems that you are uh, having different opinions or views so it can be very demanding on your mental health of course so I'm really trying to stay open-minded and not being too uh, involved in uh, like different uh, topics that are uh, that are ranging, whether they are trending or they are kind of deep or something. But on the other hand, of course, I'm uh, uh, like personally, uh, obviously, I would, uh, would be happy if there would be a possibility for the planet to uh, survive before its uh, its own end, right? So uh, I'm like personally sometimes engage in uh, different kind of workshops that are uh, focused on climate change. If, to give an example, I've been also attending like uh, the uh, climate in London last year. Uh, it was online, obviously, but anyway, uh, attended. So I'm definitely into these kind of topics. And uh, yeah, uh, I generally think that people should probably, uh, as we say, it's like a sweep uh, their own doorstep first. So uh, before being opinionated about any kind of uh, topic in the society, I should probably check with myself whether I'm really like following what I'm saying or there are some kind of uh, issues with it. So I think this is very important to step back and have a look. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Wise words to close this podcast with. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I have to say I really enjoyed the conversation, uh, but that's well that we already knew that up front. Of course, we already had a lot of inspiring conversations, <laughs> and um, I think we can continue for hours. So we <laughs> we have to close somewhere. And, yeah, uh, well, I, I think we already have the experience uh, talking hours about different topics. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I hope we also inspired uh, the people who listen to this podcast and well that people are now more informed and more curious uh, hopefully also <laughs> about uh, the upcoming partnership uh, between well strategic hr and coaching and training and how we are going to offer that to uh, to our potential customers so veronica thank you very much for uh, for the, your time here and for the interview and um, well we already stated it a few times but i will <laughs> repeat it once more i'm really looking forward to working with you me too thank you very much and thank you very much for having me you're welcome This podcast is made with royalty-free music of bensound.com.